Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. In the book of Psalm 119, verse 130, Psalm is declared the entrance of your word is light and it gives understanding to the simple. That word light speaks to knowledge. And so the entrance of the word of God in any dark space brings knowledge. Not only that, but it gives understanding to the simple. You see, God doesn't have any simpleton in his kingdom. Come on, somebody. A, a, a lot of people think Christians are simpletons, but we are no simpletons because the word of God gives understanding to you even if you were simple. Once you start diving into that word, it gives great understanding. When we think of Integrity. What comes to mind? Think of the character, proven character of a person. We think of that person's behavior and conduct. And so God is the God of integrity. And he doesn't only speak integrity, that he is integrity, but his very action, his very nature, his very character, that's who he is, a God of integrity. And so it is important, it's equally important for us as children of God to act with integrity. Because it would really be a slap in God's face for him to display this great character and his ability, just his very presence of who he is to us, his children, for us to act contrary to what he desired of us. But we need to know that the promises of God are never subject to our particular situations in life. Instead, our situations are subjected to the promises of God. What do I mean by that? A lot of times we, you know, people have their own ideas of what they think their life should be or how things should be. And but the problem with that is a lot of times these ideas, ideals, they run contrary to the word of God. And so sometimes people, you know, we go off you know, on tangent, and then we come and we expect God to rubber stamp what we ourselves think was right for us. But his word has given clear guidelines the way we should live, the way we should go, 
what we should do, what he desires of us. Let's take, for example, a young man sees a young lady that he thinks he would like to marry. So in his mind, he likes her because, you know, she looks nice, she dresses nice, maybe she's very educated. But that young lady might not share his values. That young man might be a Christian, but that young lady, maybe she doesn't share his values of kingdom principles. But he decides that, well, I don't care what the Bible says. This is what I want. You know, if we choose to go contrary to God's word, there are consequences that follows. And so it is very important that we understand that the promises of God are never subjected to our situations in life. Our situations need to be subjected. In other words, we need to conform to the word of God. My brothers and sisters, let us not take the scriptures lightly. When we read the Bible, we need to do so in light of the integrity of God's word. The book of Psalm 119 and 105, it said, David declared, thy word is a lamp unto my feet the light onto my path. And I spent a large part of last night meditating on that passage of scripture. Thy word is a lamp. When we think of a lamp, what do we think about? A lamp is a source of light, but it is only a source, right? A lamp is not necessarily light, but this is a source for light. And so when they said, my word is a lamp unto my feet, think about your feet. What is the purpose of your feet? Movements, transportation, to take your body wherever you choose to go, correct? And so what David was actually saying when he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. We, we could interpret it this way. Thy word is a source of light to the path that my feet would take. And then he says, and the light, that word light speaks to knowledge. It gives knowledge of the path that I need to go. And so thy word is a lamp. It is a source of light for the path that I need to take. And it gives knowledge to the way that I need to go. And so when we read the word of God, we need to read it with this in mind, the integrity that comes with his word. Not just the written word, but the spoken word. We have had 
people in our lives who, from time to time, they give us a story and they're truly don't come true. A lot of the politicians are very good at that. They will tell you something, yes, man, we will come and we will fix your road. We will give you water. We will give you light. And, and we will give you this. And we will give you that. How many times they do not come true for us. And, and, and what is amazing, they can be so convincing that, you know, people trust them quite easily. Brothers and sisters, many times I find that we trust the word of man more than we trust the word of God. We are quicker to take man's word than we are sometimes God's word. But this should not be. As children of God, we need to take God at his word. Knowing that he will do what he says he will do. Well, there are several principles to remember when we study the word of God. First, God cannot lie. You notice I didn't say he won't lie. He cannot lie. Why? Because it is not his nature. He just cannot lie. Hebrew 6 verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Let me pause here and ask you a question. What promise has God made you that has not yet been fulfilled? Maybe your feet are going weary. Maybe you are getting a bit impatient. But I want to encourage you to hang in there. Hold on to that word. Don't let it go. Because God will fulfill. Once he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. And so that, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. He might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So what is he saying? The hope that we have in God. Don't let it go. Hold on to it for dear life. Because he who promised he is faithful. Let's look at Noah. And that word immutable means unchangeable. Let's look at Noah. God told Noah that he was going to bring a flood on the earth. Now Noah waited. He was building lots of build an ark. And so Noah got to work. This man took God at his word. It is said that Noah was in the process of building this ark for 120 years before the flood. So that is what I call patience. You know, sometimes, you know, God speaks to us about something and 
you know, we see two months pass and we start getting impatient. Say, start saying, boy, I wonder if I really heard from God. God, God, was it really you that spoke to me? But Noah, 120 years. And that is why it is said in Hebrew that Noah took God at his word. Because he did, he and his family were spared the wrath of the flood. So firstly, God cannot lie. Secondly, God and his word are one. He and his word, they are one. Therefore, when God speaks, actually, he is actually, when he speaks a word and that word goes forth, it is actually God himself going forth. So when he says, let the sun give light at creation, when we see the radiance of the sun, that's the glory of God, brothers and sisters. That's God himself expressing his very image, his very nature, his very character, expressing who he is. When he says, let the flowers bloom and bud, and, and let the, 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 the grass, and let the, the, the green herb, and, and let them produce food, and, 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 and let the moon give light. It is God expressing himself through nature to his creation. St. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, was the word? And the word was with God. And the word was God. And then if we go on, and the word became flesh and wealth among us. So God and his word are one. That's why when he breathed the breath of life into you and I, he was actually breathing his very spirit, his nature, his character, his integrity, a man choose to go his own way. But you know, there's always a pathway back to him. He's standing with his arms wide open saying, come unto me. If, if you're tired, if you're heavy laden, come unto me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Here we go in with the word knowledge. Learn of me. He and his word are one. Thirdly, God's word is above his name. We find scripture reference Psalm 138 verse 2. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. As I read the scripture and was meditating on it, I was reminded of 
somebody who once gave me a check for some work that I did for him. When I took a check to the bank, a check bounced. And so what happened? That person developed a reputation that was not a very good one. On the contrary, I did some work for somebody else once. And that person's name goes ahead of him because he was able to call the bank even before I reached there. And when I reached there, the bank was saying, oh, Mr. Swanson said, oh, man, come on. And in no time, I got through. You see, many people say, what's in a name? But names are very important. God magnifies his word above his name. The veracity of one's word determines his or her name. The veracity of your word determines your name. So if you say to me, I am a prophet of God, then when you prophesy, we need to see results, right? A lot of people claim to be prophets, and we have seen quite a few of them around recently. But if you're a prophet, it's not just to say you're a prophet. The veracity of your word determines your name and not the other way around, not your name that determines your word. And so as children of God, that's why it's important that we speak with the integrity of the word of God that we use the word of God as our compass. Even at work, the boss maybe wants you to lie for him. You know, don't be like that little child that the Jehovah's Witnesses were coming and uh, the mother ran under the bed and said to the little child, tell them I'm not here. And when the Jehovah's Witnesses reached the gate and they called out and the little child said, oh, Mommy says she's not here, but she's under the bed. Let us ensure that our words are words of integrity. That our words, people can trust our words. Not just people, but that God can depend on us. That when he sends us out there, that we will represent him well. We will represent the kingdom well. You know, I remember before Prince Harry and Meghan got married, they came to Jamaica. Even though Prince Harry was not an official kingdom duties, he was still acknowledged and given special privileges and of course his conduct were very consistent with royalty. I say that to say this, when you're a part of a kingdom, that kingdom has certain patterns of behavior 
that kingdom has certain uh, protocols that must be followed. And so, brothers and sisters, we are a part of a greater kingdom. The kingdom of God. And there are protocols that follows that must be adhered to. You see, sometimes we do not get the royal treatment that we deserve because sometimes we don't act as royals. But our conduct will determine the way we are treated. The fourth point that I want us to note here is that God does not promise something unless he intends for it to happen. He does not make a promise unless he intends for it to happen. I'm reminded of the story in Matthew 8, 5 to 13 of the centurion. He came to Jesus. He said to him, my servant is sore sick at home. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal your servant. He said to him, no, my Lord, no, 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 not so. I, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof alone. How many times we, we, we write people off because we think they do not fall in our category. How many times we hear some preachers saying, well, if you want your healing, you have to send a special offering. Huh? Uh, 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 if you want a miracle, if you have to partner with us. This man was not even a partner with Jesus. And somebody said to Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. He said, he said to Jesus, I just speak the word. Speak the word. For I am a man under authority, and I also have people who are under my authority. Jesus said to him, I have never seen such great faith, not in Israel. But the Bible says at the very moment, his servant was healed. When God makes a promise, we need to receive that promise. This man was not even a Christian, but he understood authority. He understood that when somebody of authority speaks, that word carries weight. And that is why soldiers, when you give a soldier a task, that's why you know, they are usually so good if you notice even in government. A lot of the, 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 the heads of um, boards and governmental organizations are, 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 are military people, right? Because these people understand authority. Children of God, do we really understand the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ? Do we really 
really understand the authority that we have as kingdom citizens do we truly know hallelujah the power and the authority that is behind the precious and the powerful name of Jesus Christ do we truly know that the word of God is power the word of God is healing the word of God is alive and well the fifth point all of God's promises they are for us second Corinthians 1 verse 20 says all the promises of God in him are yea and amen all his promises are for us they are yea and amen that simply means God means what he says you know when I was growing up my father was the disciplinarian my mom was the softer side and so when daddy speaks you just have to look at his face sometimes he didn't even have to say a word but just one look and you would get the message because he meant what he said but then mom was you know a bit softer usually both parents are not as strict you know some are more permissive and so sometimes you know my mother my father tells you that he'll run away and if he's even next year you're gonna get that beating and believe it because you are going to get that beating he was a disciplinarian maybe it was his police training but he was mom was more you know or she still is the softest you know I'm going to say, well, I'm going to beat you. And then she had a little smile. They read, children read your face by expression. You know? A child knows if you are serious or if you mean what he says. God means what he says. He says, thou shalt not. That's what he means. Thou shalt not marry this man. That's what he means. Thou shalt not go here. That's what he means. Thou shalt not marry this woman. That's what he means. Thou shalt not means. Thou shalt not. I think it was Pastor Lisa said that a few weeks ago. Thou shalt not. And so God means what he says. And he says what he means. Not only that, God is serious about his word. Somebody who says, I put my word above my name. Is a serious person. God is serious about his word. And he will do, hallelujah, whatever he says, he will do. Hallelujah. It may not come through in our timing, hallelujah, but if we trust and obey, hallelujah, the songwriter got a glimpse of it. And he says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory. He shed on our way while we do his good will. He abides with us still and with all 
who will trust and obey. Hallelujah. And I love the chorus, Pastor. It says, trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. My brothers and sisters, if, 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 if you're feeling down, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling drained, hallelujah, just trust his word and obey his command. He will do what he says he will do. If we are going to receive the promises of God, we need to know that one, they are activated by our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? Faith is simply taking God at his word. Have faith in God because without faith, it is impossible. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Number two, the potential of what God will do is only limited by us and not by God. So we have the power in our hands for future. What God will do can only be limited by us because his word is forever established. He said, blessing, I will bless you. He said, bring your tithe to the storehouse. And he says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That is established. If we sow into the kingdom, God will bless us. What are you sowing today? What about your time? Are you sowing your time? A lot of people are getting disheartened. This virus is really causing a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of distress. A lot of people are going out of their minds because of this pandemic. We have the solution. The solution is the word of God. Forever, O oh Lord, my word is established. The word of God is fixed. And he will do what he promises to do. We need to watch our confession. Because, as I said before, we are the ones who limits what God desires to do for us. And so we need to watch our confession. How many times, you know, if you're feeling sick in your body and you pray and you believe God, but then somebody said to you, how oh, you feeling? Does your cry sick like a dog? Yeah. And, and some of these cliches, we, we grew up with them, hearing, you know, mom and grandma say them. And so they became a part of our system. Let's tell us something today. We need to flush that system. And we need to uh, uh, re-energize, hallelujah, and, and with the word of God, amen? 
And so watch your confession. Bible tells us that he shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, say. Whatever you say, the words you speak are able to create life. When I was growing up, they used to say, word is wind, and blow is unkind. Not so. Word has power. Word is life. The words you speak are creating a bright future for you, or it's creating a life of misery for you. What confession are you making today? Watch your confession. It's useless for us to pray about something and then our confession does not line up with that thing. We use our mouth to cancel the very thing that we ask God for. The scripture tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I think that's in Proverbs 18, verse 21. And whosoever love it shall go and eat the fruit. And usually we, 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 we quote the, the, the first half a lot. Now death and life is in the power of the tongue. How about part two? They that love it. Love what? The tongue. Love to talk. Shall eat the fruit. What fruit would you like in your life today? What is the fruit that you desire for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your nation? What fruit do you desire? They that love the tongue shall eat the fruit hereof. So the fruit you desire, your confession needs to be in line with what you desire. And your desires need to be in line with the word of God. Amen? The integrity of God's word. Our confession must be based on God's word. The word of God is the vehicle that can bring God's power into operation. The vehicle that can bring God's power to operation. You know, recently I've been thinking, and as the church, we pray a lot. And I was praying the other day and watching a particular program. It's amazing how God can speak to us sometimes, even through some things we watch on the television. Amen. I was watching a program, it's called Shark Tank. And I look, and you see, the scripture tells us that the children of the world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I see these people who are coming up with great ideas. And they go to the Shark Tank where these investors multi-millionaire guys are and they bring their ideas to them. Of course, they pay them for their ideas. And sometimes if they have a good idea, 
They will say, okay, we'll partner with you 30% or 50% and we'll give you X amount as the business grows. But this program, I was watching it and I heard the voice saying to me clearly, with the children of God, we have been praying, 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 praying. God is saying it's time for the children of God to start thinking enterprise. We've been praying. Prayer is good. Don't get me wrong. We need to pray. It is important that we pray. The Bible tells us that men ought to pray and not faint. But after we are through praying and get up off our knees, what do we do? I'm sure we're listening for directions. You know, many times God gives us the direction and we refuse to follow because we are more focused on the prayer part, part of it. We, we are thinking about um, the method of prayer. But are we really looking for an answer when we pray? If we were, we would get up and do something and make sure we put God at the center of it. And so I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, the church needs to start thinking enterprise, investment. We need to start thinking, how can we advance ourselves? Well, first of all, the kingdom of God, ourselves, our families, or oh, the nation. The church has been doing a lot over the years. Most of the private schools, uh, private established schools were established by the church. But then sometimes it seems like a part of the church has gone to bed. Really. You know, we, as I said before, we pray, we study the word, God gives us ideas. What do we do next? Faith without works is dead. And so if we trust the integrity of God's word and we put God at the center of everything that we do, if we know, if we truly know that God will do what he says he will do, then we will act on the word. We will act on his instructions. We will act on his command. As I get ready to close, how about our personal lives, our family lives? When was the last time, men, husband, you said to the family, let's go for a road trip. Do something outside the box. You see, maybe there are some relationships that are going through a difficult period at this time. And sometimes all it takes to steer the car is not a great turn of the steering wheel, but just a simple adjustment. So I said to my brother, when was the last time we said to the family, let's take a little road trip, man. Let's go and enjoy some, some of God's expression a little. Drive up the north coast a little. We don't have to do anything, anything expensive. Just a little drive out sometimes and uh, just enjoy nature. Sometimes some simple things that add fervor to the relationship, to our lives. Many times we are so busy 
doing other things, things that are important, yet we ignore the things that are more important. My sisters, how about you? When was the last time you said to the family, let's take a trip? Oh, the burger king, the man, go on, wherever we can buy the slice in that food. Sit down, sit down, watch the sea come in and go out. Let's go share an ice cream corner. Single ladies, single gentlemen, when was the last time you didn't pick up the phone and you called a brother or sister? Said, come on, because it comes down to the house like this. Let's go show who who. All I'm simply saying, many times, life can become boring and dull if we do not seek to put things in place to stimulate our relationships. I really wanted to say this this morning. Children, when was the last time you said to that young woman, woman, you know you're tired, don't let me rub your feet. When was the last time you said to your parents, can I keep the nails as a gesture of love? We're going to practice the word of God, we need to do so old Samuel, not just to cry. Spirit, mind, soul, and body. Our God caters to the total man. Maybe you're going through some struggles today. Solution is right here. The word of God. Just the integrity of his word. Life can be different. Things can change for the better. Yes, they can. But we must put the word to work in our situations. We must take God at his word. We must trust his promise. We must trust the integrity of the word God. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.